This is not your century. This is Not Your Century, where we celebrate the news and the news media of centuries gone by. I'm King Kaufman. February 21st, 1972. President Richard Nixon has his Nixon in China moment. It's still the evening of the 20th back home when Air Force One, which Nixon called the Spirit of 76, touches down in Shanghai for a brief stop on the way to the capital, Beijing. Nixon is the first American president to visit China. And it's the first official contact between the nations in more than 20 years, since the communist takeover of mainland China in 1949. Nixon had announced the trip in a three-minute speech on national television in July. The meeting between the leaders of China and the United States is to seek the normalization of relations between the two countries and also to exchange views on questions of concern to the two sides. Nixon's announcement was a shock. He had built his entire political career on being a fierce anti-communist. Nixon and the First Lady, Pat Nixon, landed in Beijing on the late morning of a beautiful, brisk winter's day. Because there were no diplomatic relations between the United States and China, there was no welcome celebration at the airport. The Chinese usually offered drum-beating, cymbal-clanging welcomes to heads of state from Asia or Africa, But the airfield was so quiet when Nixon shook hands with Prime Minister Cho Enlai that the press could hear what he said. As they walked away from the plane, Nixon said, It was a very pleasant trip with stops at Hawaii and Guam to catch up on time. Prime Minister knows about that. He's such a traveler. A translator passed Nixon's words along. The Nixons and their party spent a week in China, and aside from the fact that this was the end of an international diplomatic impasse of two decades, It was a pretty standard-issue state visit, though a beautifully choreographed one. There were banquets with lots of toasts and speeches. There were high-level closed-door meetings, including a surprise one with Chairman Mao on the second day of Nixon's trip. The Supreme Leader usually held himself in reserve until near the end of foreign leaders' visits. There were trips to different cities, tours of factories, photo ops with adorable children. The Nixons visited the Great Wall of China, and the President pronounced that, gosh darn it, It really was a great wall. I think that you would have to conclude that this is a great wall and that it had to be built by a great people. Radio Moscow heaped scorn on this whole thing. They said it was all a propaganda move meant to distract from stepped-up American bombing in North Vietnam. And that it was part of Nixon's plan to split the world communist movement by drawing China closer to the United States and thus away from the Soviet Union. Which, you know... That's pretty much what it was. Radio Moscow accused Chairman Mao of betraying the Chinese people and the communist cause. It said the Nixon visit meant that Mao was turning his back on his own slogan. People of the world unite and defeat U.S. imperialist aggressors and their running dogs. Nixon's visit to China was a triumph. This was early in a presidential election year, And Nixon looked like a statesman, working toward a peaceful future. He would win re-election in a landslide, and soon after that the Watergate scandal would break. It drove him from office in August of 1974. But he'd always have China. Ever since that trip, a politician committing a signature act of statesmanship, especially if it goes against his reputation, is credited with having a Nixon in China moment. 
I'm King Kaufman, and this has been Not Your Century, a production of the San Francisco Chronicle. Get great journalism today and support the newsroom that creates this podcast by signing up for a Chronicle membership at sfchronicle.com slash pod. We now return you to your century. <laughs>